History is so slippery in so many ways. Large chapters of it can begin as mere footnotes to events decades or centuries before. Certain parts of timelines can advance much faster than others, and whole sections of it can remain obscured for years or can be largely forgotten, to give some broad examples. Specifically, look into the history of all-female bluegrass bands, and you have to dial back the clock about a half century to the early 1970s to find the first to make an album. Back then, a five-piece from New England named Buffalo Gals was a novelty in the bluegrass world and was often not taken seriously at first. And while more women found their way into acoustic roots music like old time and bluegrass as the decades went on, all-female bands were still quite rare until, well, today, when they are still notable for their scarcity. It may be easy to lose sight of the fact that Buffalo Gals arrived roughly 50 years after the passage of the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and how much slower society accepted and incorporated women's rights over that span than it had embraced other advances and changes that demanded women break from and expand on earlier roles. And today, we may have progressed beyond having one's mother feel embarrassed that her daughter plays banjo, like Buffalo Gals did, but as their guitarist and vocalist Martha Trachtenberg said in a 2015 interview, it still remains more or less impossible for women artists to be judged solely on the basis of their music and not also, or mostly, on their appearance. But things are progressing, and our guests today are two prime examples of how bluegrass and newgrass audiences are embracing the fact that all women groups are not an amusing novelty anymore, and how more women artists are widely recognized virtuosos on their instruments and revered songwriters. None of those things were true just two generations or so ago. And both groups we spoke with have been making music for more than a decade now. So it is high time that we welcome Della May and Sister Sadie to the show. I'm your host, Joe Kendrick, and this is Southern Songs and Stories. Songs and Stories is part of the podcast lineup of both Public Radio WNCW and Osiris Media. Osiris creates music podcasts and events to help music fans deepen their connection to the music they love with all of their shows at OsirisPod.com. Osiris works in partnership with Jam Bass, which connects music fans to the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. Capsule versions of Southern Songs and Stories are produced for broadcast on WNCW by me, Corey Askew. More information about this and other podcasts from Grassroots Radio, WNCW, at WNCW.org. I sat down with Sister Sadie and Della May at the International Bluegrass Music Association Convention in Raleigh, North Carolina, on a frenetic early fall weekend in 2022. And we touched on their songwriting, collaborations, 
covers and solo projects, about keeping both themselves and their audiences fully engaged, and more. One thing that both Sister Sadie and Della May have in common is how they are very choosy when it comes to cover songs. Here's one example from the Della May album Family Reunion, the Gillian Welch song Dry Town. Well, I figure I need about a six a miller and one of those things so I wouldn't spill her and ask the girl if the beer was in the bag. She said it's a dry town, no beer, no liquor for miles around. I give a nickel for a sip or two to wash me down out of this dry town. Here's guitarist and vocalist Celia Woodsmith, followed by guitarist Avril Smith, fiddler and vocalist Kimber Ludiker, and bassist and vocalist Vicky Vaughn. Yeah, we do quite a bit, quite a few covers. Um, yeah, Vicky has actually brought a lot of really fun covers into the band. We do Tulsa Time now, but you know, on our last album, we put two covers, I think, and one of them was Dry Town by Gillian Welch, and the other was um, A Few Old Memories by Hazel Dickens. So we're really trying to lean on some of our predecessors in this music and pull some songs from really awesome women. Um, we, we do write quite, quite a bit of original music, but we also lean heavily on, there's a lot of good songs out there, why wouldn't we play them, you know what I mean? It's fun to figure out how to put sort of your your own take on something, like not just sort of playing it the way it was originally played, but figuring out what what's our version of it. Yeah, and I haven't I haven't told you guys this yet, but we do a cover of uh, Tennessee Reports, uh, Sixteen Tons, and um, his family reached out to us um, and like said that they love they love how how we do it and that they have a song for us. Um, so that's pretty cool. That like is how, cool. How those things happen. We also did a a, a cover of a John Prine song, and and uh, sometimes it gets back to uh, you know back to the artist, and they they will you know write us a little note or something and send a little note saying that they. We like did our actually. Yeah. We did a cover of Carly Simon's "You're So Vain." Oh, wow. She watched a video of us playing it and sent us a little note saying how much she appreciated it. Really? Yeah, and that was really special for me because she's one of my childhood heroes. <laughs> one of my favorite covers that we do, uh, and we don't have a recording of it yet, but we do it live, and Celia does an incredible job of, of um, uh, it's, it's just such an introspective and uh, heartfelt way of singing the song. Uh, it's a David Rawlings song called Ruby. And um, I love singing it with Celia, and she, you, know, you kill it every, every time. It just so happened that on the day of our interview, Sister Sadie released their song, Diane, which answers Dolly Parton's Jolene from the perspective of the unwitting other woman. Oh, I promise I didn't know he was your man. 
Here is Sister Sadie fiddle player Deanie Richardson, followed by bass player Hazy Siako. We do a few. We're trying to not do too many, but we do a few. Uh, in the show, we, we cover a Linda Ronstadt tune, J- Jaylee's singing Blue Bayou, and we do, um, the, the new single is a cover written by a, um, a country artist named Cam. I was uh, on the opera, Grand Ole Opry one night playing with her, and she did this song, and it blew my mind. And, and I always thought it would, because this band is so harmony-driven, vocally-driven, they're such great singers. It's very a voc- vocally-driven song, so I always thought it would be a great song for us. And then our buddy Ashby Frank sent it to us one day and, and, and said, you guys would kill this song. And So <clears throat> it's a cover, and it's a great song. I, we did it last night, and I don't know if you guys heard, but Jerry Sally came back uh, right after we played and said, who wrote that song? And I was like, Cam wrote it. He said, gosh, I wish I'd have written that song. <laughs> Such a great tune, but we do a few covers, not a, not a ton. Yeah. Are there, are there any songs that are on your list that you would either want to cover or maybe this just sort of out of bounds for some of these classic songs? I like to think about songs that we're going to be singing in 100 years. And you, you, you keep hearing a lot of the, the John Hartfords and the Gillian Welch and the John Prines at uh, the neighborhood bar where the band is playing covers and things. And I think about that like, yeah, that Nico Case song, we're going to be singing that a long time in the future. Um, I am a firm believer, and they disagree with me, I think, but, and that's okay, but I'm a firm believer if it's been done and been done well, why would you try to redo it again? Um, and there's only one person I would want to do that with, and that's her, because she sings like Linda Ronstadt. Jaylee. She is one of the greatest singers I have ever had the privilege of working with, and and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And I've thought it since she was a child, but uh, she's grown into a very amazing beautiful singer and she is gonna bust this wide open so I'm just grateful for the time we get here with her and um, I really don't want to do a ton of covers um, but she does them justice if I ever did want to do one you should hear her sing a Whitney Houston song dude it's <laughs> it's it's amazing it'll blow your mind so so I'd go there but as far as anything else I don't know I don't know the bluegrass itself is original music. It's It started, it was all original, whereas old-time music was pretty much discouraged original 
songs because it was a canon of songs that were perfect, that they, they can be no better songs than these in the, in the old time tradition, up to a point, and that changed in the past 30 years or so. I kind of missed the first part of what you said. So I was just talking about the about covers and the, uh, the way it's ebbed and flowed over the years for both bluegrass and old time, whereas old time traditionally was a set of songs that nobody needed to touch. Essentially, you could do your own variation of that song, but it was discouraged to write new material. Not so much now, but then bluegrass starting as an all original, a complete, completely new invention with all original music has gotten into some more covers lately. You hear rock and roll covers, you hear country. Uh, a lot of these influences are finding their way into bluegrass. I think part of that is that people like the authenticity of the genre and they are curious about getting outside of the bounds of bro country or what have you. But I just wonder if you have any observations about how that sort of phenomenon works. Sure, I mean, a long time ago, you know, this day and age, we have these devices that we can uh, walk up to anybody and just record anything. But a long time ago, you know, people would play tunes together and they lived however far apart and they, oh, sorry, they live however far apart and they would go walk home and try and remember the tune. And, you know, at that point, whether they mean to or not, they're going to put their own spin on it because they can only remember the tune however they remember it. So the next time they teach it, it's it's kind of a game of telephone. Uh, Jake Blunt just wrote an article on this very thing in uh, No Depression. Really great article, um, worth reading. But, you know, we talked earlier about the, the balance and innovation and tradition. And I think we do have to remember that although these traditions live within some binaries, I mean, what is bluegrass? What is old time? It is everything. It is nothing. The, Bill Monroe was an innovator. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I think that's the and, quote and, yeah, right there. We've got it. Some of these, uh, <laughs> some of these songs have stood the test of time. I just watched the documentary um, Bluegrass Country Soul a few nights ago, and it was so interesting to see what songs are still, you know, making it to the to the biggest stage here. <laughs> Songwriting is paramount in genres like bluegrass, old time, and newgrass, and it is always fascinating to me how different artists and bands approach songwriting and co-writing. Writing the best song or finding it is far more important than what the artists look like on stage or what sonic touches they can add in a studio. It is an arena that is geared towards songs that connect emotionally, songs that stand the test of time, songs that can translate to other styles, songs that reflect a sense of place in a shared culture. How artists approach songwriting tells you a lot about them, and although I've come across many artists in the acoustic roots music world that do not write music, like Ricky Skaggs, I do not recall many groups that have one principal songwriter, or one that takes the lion's share of songwriting credit, like Robbie Robertson in the band. In general, there's a refreshing lack of ego amongst groups like Sister Sadie and Della May. With Sister Sadie, covers of songs by artists like Tom T. Hall and Dan Fogelberg pop up, along with songs written by contemporaries like Becky Buller, amongst a smaller number of originals written by members of the group. With Della May, members Celia Woodsmith, Kimber Ludiker, and Avril Smith are their main songwriters, and they draw heavily from collaborations with contemporaries like Mark Arelli and Maya DeVitri, for example. I asked Celia about how they approach co-writing. 
for me, it, it wasn't in my nature at first, and it was something I had to learn. And I think one of the big things that helped a lot with that was just trust, trusting your bandmates, um, trusting yourself. You know, I think it took a while for me to feel comfortable enough to, to do that with my bandmates. Um, so, I mean, I just think it really comes with maturity um, and, I don't know, confidence in your own abilities. So, I'm, you know, I'm really happy that we started uh, doing a little bit more co-writing. We There were two specific songs on the last album called Heart of My Home and Goodbye My Friend, which um, I wrote with Kimber and Avril. And it was just a really satisfying thing to, to collaborate on our emotions and a story and, you know, just... It, it, it made it made the song better than if one person had written it. How much yeah. material do you have on hand? Are you do you have like a lot of bands and artists have songs that just don't fit on one record, so they've got this stockpile of songs that they might not have recorded yet. You know, I, we don't have much much on hand. I think we really we really put what we what we can on an album, and you know, I think that's what we'll do now. And I think. You know, I'm kind of a proponent of when you're, that you don't necessarily have to write every day. Um, I think you're kind of writing and reflecting on stuff at every moment, like right now, you know, like, um, and then songs will kind of spill out all at once. And it always, it always works somehow. You know, you always get the album done. It may not seem like you have the songs, but they'll be there. I have not been let down yet. I'm pretty new to the band as of like, what, four years ago? <laughs> It, that feels new to me because of the pandemic. I missed out on two years. Um, but anyway, we're we are planning on going on a retreat here soon at the end of the year in December. So it'll it'll really be my first time writing with them, and I I'm just beside myself, excited and nervous because I hate co-writing. It makes me scared. But <laughs> but like I, I, these girls make everything so so much more comfortable. So I'm excited to write with people I'm comfortable with for sure. Yeah, that's a big thing. Being comfortable with your with your bandmates and knowing that no one's gonna think of your idea and, and turn it down or say something mean about it. You know, I think we're all really supportive of one another in that way. Having multiple songwriters in in a group is a tremendous advantage, and I've seen groups that have become so much better because of that. I don't know. It's not necessarily competition, but that sort of working and sharpening each other. Through songwriting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Having multiple songwriters in a band is nothing new for many bluegrass type acts. Having lineup changes is also fairly common, and both Delamay and Sister Sadie have had members come and go over the years, too. Three of the five members of Sister Sadie came on board since their last album in 2018, and Delamay saw two of their five members switch out between their newest album and the one prior. Here is Sister Sadie fiddler Deanie Richardson. We're about 10 years old now. We started as um, just a group of friends. The original uh, configuration of Sister Sadie was just a group of friends that uh, had played in different configurations uh, throughout our, our lives, but decided to get together one night at the Station Inn in the, the five friends configuration. So we just uh, went to the Station Inn and played a bunch of traditional songs that we all knew and and had a blast and uh, we knew the second we hit that that downbeat that it was something very special and and uh, the configuration has now changed but the second we hit that downbeat it's still that 
that look around the room where we are looking at each other going, oh my gosh, I can't believe we get to do this together. But anyway, um, we're, we're 10 years into this and uh, we've had some, some member changes. We have a new guitar player, a new bass player, and a new mandolin player since the original configuration. And um, sorry about that. But that was my phone. I'm sorry. There's a lot going on down here. <laughs> so um, this new configuration is is for me. It's it's a lot more um, outside the box, which is is creating a, a different energy in the band, and I'm loving it. I feel like uh, I am in a more creative spot since I call these the littles. Since the littles have joined the band, and then I'm loving it so much. These girls are kicking my butt, and I'm having a great time. It's so apparent that bands like Sister Sadie and so many of the artists that are here have gotten into music for the right reasons. You're doing it for the love of music. You came together as friends, and then the music flowed from that. At the same time, it's still a business, and you've got to keep your place. And all the while, there are so many more young people coming in that are very, very good. It seems like the tent just keeps expanding but I often wonder how much room is really in that tent for artists of, of all variety. How do, you, how do you keep yourself above water when there are so many other good players? That is a loaded question right there. Uh, I think, you know, you, you, in this business, you're constantly reinventing yourself to stay current and to stay in that competitive space of, of, of radio, there's only so much room a day for for songs to be played. There's only so many spots on a bluegrass festival. So um, I'm going to go back to since these new young, this new young energies in the band, it's lit a fire under mine and Gina's tail here. And yeah, um, the creativity that it's brought, you have to keep it fresh and exciting, not only for your audience but for you. Because once you know you have the that excitement within yourself then it hopefully it it portrays to the audience and they they feel like you do that's how that's how we want them to feel and that's coming from the 50 year olds but i would like to yeah. ask that same question to to one of these youngins here <clears throat> hey it's hazy yeah i think it's a constant balance uh between innovation and tradition and kind of like what gina said trying to figure out what music is going to please the audience, what music is going to please us, and hey, when it can be the same material, I don't know, that's that's where we want it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. You got something to add to that? Not really. We're, We're having fun. We're having fun. <laughs> and that's the most important Jaylee? thing, too. We've got such... And we've got Jaylee Roberts here on the guitar, and she's had a very successful solo album out the last year, and uh, something you didn't count on. Jaylee, you want to talk a little bit about what you've got going on and you know yeah. we we embrace all of um we embrace all of this and we are thankful to to be in this and just looking forward to well, moving I'm thankful on to be a part of a band that like supports all of our different solo stuff like i think that's really cool and um yeah i have an album out called something you didn't count on it came out in may and it's been doing pretty good and i'm really excited about it and Sister Sadie's doing a lot of the material from it, and it's really exciting. And it's like watching your dreams come true. Cause I'm 21, so I'm I'm one. And I'm in the younger crowd still, maybe, but um, it's just a dream come true. Seriously, and it's awesome. Maybe you should have been.
bit of Something You Didn't Count On by J. Lee Roberts as we start to wrap up our episode on Sister Sadie and Della May. Della May has been working on their next studio album and with the California Bluegrass Association recently released a bluegrass exploration app for kids for Apple called Bluegrass Campout. Coming up, they'll release The Stonecroft Sessions, a concert recorded late last year before going on tour in partnership with the U.S. State Department in June as part of the Rotterdam Bluegrass Festival. Sister Sadie's latest single, titled Well, landed in early March, and they are on tour throughout the country for most of 2023. They joined Delamay as part of the lineup of the second annual Earl Scruggs Music Festival, Labor Day weekend, in Tryon, North Carolina also. We're glad you're listening to this episode and are even more grateful whenever you share this with someone. It is super easy to follow us on your podcast platform of choice, and then it'll only take a minute to give it a good rating and, where it's an option, a review. Great ratings and reviews especially will make Southern Songs and Stories and the artist it profiles more likely to be found by more people just like you. This series is a part of the lineup of both Public Radio, WNCW, and Osiris Media, with all the Osiris shows available at osirispod.com. You can also hear new episodes on Bluegrass Planet Radio at bluegrassplanetradio.com. Thanks to Corey Askew for producing the radio adaptations of this series on Public Radio WNCW, where we worked with Joshua Ming, who wrote and performed our theme songs. I'm your host and producer, Joe Kendrick, and this is Southern Songs and Stories, the music of the South and the artists who make it. publisher in town in Nashville once and I was playing bass and in his studio at the time and and he goes has anybody he thought he was being clever he said has anybody ever told you you're pretty good for a girl and I was like yeah they have it's just it's just like hearing that thing's bigger than you are whenever I'm carrying my bass around or where's your boyfriend to carry that bass I don't need no seeking boyfriend to carry my bass yeah, you tell him, Vicky. That's right. Hey there, you're still here? Well, good. Since you've made it this far, you would probably enjoy one of our previous episodes titled Sierra Hull, Natalia Weinstein, Becky Buller, Claire Lynch, and Della May. What does it take to be a leading lady? Part of my conversation with Della May that you did not hear in this episode is found there, where all of our guests talk about overcoming hurdles and finding their place in the bluegrass spotlight, along with some of their music, of course. And still to come in this series are conversations with Twisted Pine, Zoe and Cloyd, and Mile 12, among others. Thanks again, and I hope that you will also support the music of the artists you enjoy hearing on Southern Songs and Stories. Live music is the best, 